Welcome to LifeBeat. I'm your host, Chris Gast, and with us today, each with their own microphone and amazing technological innovation here, is Anna Visser and Emily Kroll. Ladies, you sound so good, even though you haven't said anything yet. It is hard to sound good when you haven't said anything yet, but yeah, we did a, a bit of a technology update this week, and let's hope it all works out. Yeah. <laughs> Now, one of the, just before we get into the meat and potatoes, uh, you know, one of the problems now is instead of the three of us standing and facing a mic, like having, you know, a panel discussion, now we're sitting around a round table all looking at each other. So and we it apologize. And might be a little. In advance. Yes. Might give each other a look and just start cracking up. So I'm very sorry. Yes. Yes. Too bad you can't see the facial expressions that happened around this table. <laughs> We've talked about doing video for the podcast, but I don't know. Very dangerous. Very dangerous. Um, Why is it dangerous? I don't know. It just, it just is. So speaking <laughs> okay. of danger uh, today, uh, so we're going to talk about a couple things. We're going to give you an update on the, uh, the Dobbs case and what other states are doing. Uh, we're also going to talk about our... Petition drive. But uh, first, let's talk about some legislation that we just passed in Michigan. Uh, the Michigan House passed a ban on fetal tissue research. So, yay, Michigan House. They passed the ban on fetal tissue research done on aborted babies. So, we still have the 2008 constitutional amendment that says you can do embryonic stem cell research but only for IVF babies, um, just not, not for babies that are aborted and their mothers donate their bodies. Right. And yeah, there's a hard 14-day limit in Proposal 2 of 2008, which, you know, they needed to do that in order to get it passed. But now that they're talking about research into... Uh, you know, human embryos past those 14 days, it's, it's stuck in the Michigan Constitution. So, um, and our legislation that was passed, you know, it clearly has a carve out for 2008 because, again, it's a constitutional amendment and legislation mm -hmm. can't override that. Um, but the research that we're really focusing in on is these aborted babies and they tend to be older and very intact and not a quote unquote clump of tissue. Yeah, I believe the the average age of gestation that most of the experiments that we've seen over the last few years, they're looking for about 16 to 26 weeks gestation, but there have been experiments that have gone all the way up to 40 weeks, um, which is basically a full-term baby. So um, unlike with the 14-day the rule for the embryonic stem cells is that 14 days begins at the beginning of cell division. So once the single cell starts dividing, you're on a 14-day limit. And um, there's not really organs in tissue at that point that they want to extract and experiment on. So it's just in, in the, the tissue that they take, it's organs, limbs, scalps, joints. Um, in some cases, we had a report that came out that Judicial Watch released that they were the U.S. government was using our taxpayers' tear dollars to purchase heads, so five hundred dollars a head. Um, that's pretty nasty. Yeah, Literal and the, heads, yeah. the fourteen day exception that is in this bill sounds bad, but it really only would happen if 
the woman knew that she was pregnant within 14 days and the baby was aborted the baby survived the abortion and she wanted to donate the the body so i mean that's very unlikely that any of those things would happen and i don't even know if women would know that they were pregnant within 14 days and right now the technology is not there to even be able to do that so maybe in 50 years that'll be the case but hopefully we won't have any abortion at that point and that carve out is just so that it the these bills and hopefully will become law fit with our michigan constitution yes right which we are more than happy to change yes the opportunity presents itself but um before we can get to that we've got a bigger fish to fry which would obviate the need for uh, a bill restricting research on aborted babies. And that, of course, is, um, you know, we have the Dobbs decision uh, coming down. Roe versus Wade could be overturned maybe as soon as next month. And, you know, in a minute we're going to talk about how states are already responding to that. But, of course, Planned Parenthood in Michigan, as we mentioned, along with the ACLU and others, have this proposal for a constitutional amendment uh, that would allow unlimited abortions in Michigan. And they have to get this done by July 11th, I believe. Uh, In order to get it on the ballot, they need 425,000 signatures on a petition to do that, Uh, probably more than that because of, you know, error rates and such. Problem for them, last (laughs) Friday, they went to the Michigan State Board of Canvassers to get their petition uh, pre-approved. So you don't have to do this to collect petitions in Michigan, but... Uh, If your petition does not meet the very specific guidelines in state law and you turn in all these signatures, the State Board of Canvassers is going to say you didn't follow the law and your petition drive is sunk. So these groups, including us, when we've done petitions, you go to the Board of Canvassers, you get them to approve your form, and then it can't be challenged later. Planned Parenthood got their form submitted, considered on Friday, and rejected by a vote of two to two of the State Board of Canvassers. So what happened was, uh, and this has been true in the past, that a lot of petitions have this tiny little union logo on it. It's called a bug because it's literally almost looks like a bug on the sheet. This little union logo from a, a union print shop on the petitions. Well, and a lot of groups have used that on their petitions, but the problem is the state law says all font appearing on a petition has to be, you know, a certain size. And in the union logo, there is words that are practically Mm -hmm. unreadable when you look at it. Now, maybe that's not a big deal for people signing a petition, but you got to follow the state law. And so I think we were the first group to ever bring it up. And, you know, ever bring it up ever. Yeah. Not just on that day. Right. They had never had anyone question this right or but, challenge but it. that's the law you know and the other side fly specked our petitions when we do the dismemberment drive you know they threw out one of our signatures from a man with parkinson's disease because his penmanship wasn't good enough even though we had an affidavit from him you know where he swore that yes i've lived here forever and yes this is my signature in, in the right township and county um the other side was happy to you know happy to throw out his signature well follow the state law planned parenthood their petition was rejected. So what does that mean? Um, they could still be out there collecting signatures right now uh, with their bad petitions. 
But of course, they would get rejected. The only problem with their petition was that union logo. So they could have just printed uh, copies of them without it, and then they can go back and get approval for it. Uh, we're not really sure. There could be printer delays with supply chain issues with paper. So we have no idea what the other side is doing right now in terms of uh, petition circulating. But the fact of the matter is they only have a f 140 plus days to do this, and every moment they lose is good for babies. And they're losing a lot of moments right now. What did we add that how many signatures do they need a day or something? Well, if they were, it's like 140 odd days and they need at least 500,000, maybe 600,000 signatures. So, you know, we're talking they need three, four, 5,000 signatures a day, which is very hard, especially right now in poor weather, you know, standing out in front of a post office or something. And people are you know, still freaked out about COVID. Hands. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's not just any any old signature that'll do you can't have someone sign with their dog's name um, it has to be signatures from registered voters in the county where they are registered with their proper information so um, signatures can get thrown out for the tiniest of little things like you mentioned Chris and it's just it's a big task that we're hoping they're not going to be able to they're not going to be up to and that would be nice. Yeah. You also have the factor that they are paying people for these signatures. They'll have to. They, they do not have the volunteer. Planned Parenthood does not have the volunteers to get this done. Yeah. So, I mean, lots of, lots of factors go into it. Hopefully, they don't get their signatures. That would be great. And, and this is their effort. You know, if Roe versus Wade is overturned in Michigan, that means our old law goes back into effect. You know, this is their effort to stop that. And if that fails, then they're going to have to go back to the drawing board and Michigan will be an abortion-free state, which is as soon as next month, which is really hard to wrap your mind around. It's, yes, I have not experienced any point in my life when abortion was not allowed in the state of Michigan or in the United States because I was born after Roe. We all were. And so it's... We survived. We survived. I was an unplanned pregnancy. I survived. <laughs> it's Barely. It's just, you know, we're going to be moving into new territory that not every one of us has, has been in before. And it's going to be exciting and challenging. But, you know, if we're not ready for it, we better be by the time it happens. Which who knows when that could be. It could be any day. The Supreme Court can do what the Supreme Court wants when yep. they want to do it. So we should just mention real quick, and here we can transition into our last topic, is um, you know there have been rumors that they could release the decision as soon as March, which is next month. Um, I don't know how much faith to put in those which, rumors. What were those rumors based off of? Whispering anonymous people, you know, yeah, leaks. whisperings. People it would, I kept hearing it was because of Justice Breyer retiring, but that wouldn't make sense. So Emily's crazy theory that maybe <laughs> Justice Breyer will vote you, on you it. You need to say maybe this. this was his stipulation. You need to say this because then if it happens, it on the podcast, I think I, think I have, have. But yeah. it's my theory, no, and I'm sticking wait, to did it. Did you last week? I think. 
a couple months ago, right when the oral arguments were happening, we discussed possible, like, which way we thought the justices might vote. And I put you my crazy on, theory out You need out it on there. record. Okay. Okay. I'll put my crazy theory on record again. I'm pretty proud of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because it's not based completely off of a pipe dream, but for the last couple of years, Justice Breyer has been talking about restoring the integrity of the Supreme Court, getting the Supreme Court out of politics and removing it as this legislative body that it should not be. And he's he's talked about it several times, um, which indicates that he is willing to make decisions which could be unpopular to restore the integrity of the Supreme Court. So my crazy pipe dream that sometimes we just think up these random things and hope they come true is that Justice Breyer votes to overturn Roe v. Roe v. Wade. Making it 7-2. Making it a 7-2, a 7-2 vote because he wants to restore the integrity of the Supreme Court. And the decision, if it comes out in June, and with his retirement, when he mentioned he was retiring at the end of this term, it kind of, you know, I put on my little tinfoil hat for a second there because he could... <laughs> If he is a seventh vote to overturn Roe, he can just run out of town and hide. I was like, going to say, he'd have to go into hiding he if he have, did that. He would have to go into hiding, but it'd be perfect timing for him to do this. He seemed reluctant to retire up before this. And, of course, there's the midterms and everything we have to factor into that. But, I mean, if he's going to do that move, just drop the mic and walk away. And so... I think it'd be cool. It is a possibility. It's a small, it's a fool's chance, but sometimes we can all be fools. If we had podcast video, they could see your tinfoil hat. But yeah. Your impressive I, tinfoil hat. No, I'm just kidding. I should make one and keep it at my desk. <laughs> Come on. Every time I yeah, have yeah, an yeah, idea. On, like, okay, we're putting the tinfoil hat on now. Let's talk to <laughs> You guys would issue. see me walk around the little <laughs> corner of my office with my hat on and everyone would brace for impact. <laughs> Well, Planned Parenthood could never read your mind, so that's it would be true. very helpful. They um, can't anyway. That'd be pretty pointless. Like, what are these people thinking about? Oh, they want to get rid of abortion. Oh. Wow. What's their secret plan to get rid of abortion? <laughs> Tell people to get rid of abortion. Oh. Okay. Tell people Boring. that it's bad. Yeah. Um, maybe they would have liked to know in advance about the union issue on their petition. But anyway, eh. should have thought of that. That's a law. It Our, is a law. Dismemberment drive didn't have a logo on it. You would it, think so if you're going to try and follow the law, you would at least yeah, read it first. Yeah. Well, they are the law. Oh. So um, other states are already preparing for it. So, of course, when Roe is overturned, it doesn't mean it's an instant I win button for the pro-life movement. It's a democracy wins button. And all of the states will begin uh, or will continue legislating on the issue of abortion and... Um, We'll see what happens. Uh, so, so some states right now are already dealing uh, with the possible eventuality that, say, the Supreme Court doesn't overturn Roe versus Wade. But, uh, well, let's just say real quick that it seems very unlikely that they would uphold Roe. Pretty much, you know. Nobody thinks that's going six, to happen. Six justices were extremely hostile in the questioning to that idea. I, I would say uphold Roe in its current form. Right. So it, the likelihood seems that they're going to uphold Mississippi's 15-week abortion ban. At least. Whether Justice Roberts convinces them to do some gymnastics and magic tricks to make that fit inside of Roe is yet to be seen. But the overall impression is that 15 weeks will be the new threshold for abortion law in any case. Right. 
So other states are now passing 15-week abortion bans, just like Mississippi's, uh, if in case that is the eventuality that happens. So uh, what states so far? Florida has... Well, Florida is... Florida's interesting because just it's a purple state, but theirs was in their house, so it still has to go to the Senate. Oh, that's good. Um, their governor still has to sign it, but even pro-life legislation of that magnitude making it through the Florida House, and it wasn't even a close vote. The vote was 78 to 39, mm-hmm. um, and there were a couple people on each side of the aisle who switched to the other side. So it, it's interesting because demographically, Florida's pretty evenly split, Um as a purple state and to see them get this through shows that people don't like late-term abortion so states are doing this because they think that i mean roe's not going to get overturned but they're going to uphold mississippi's law i think or or i would would say like it's like you know this is the current i wouldn't say this is the most likely worst case scenario is at least we can do this so i was going to say if they were preparing for roe to just get overturned they should just pass a full abortion. Right. Some states already have those. And some have the triver- trigger laws, but yeah. not every state is in the position we're in with our Supreme Court decision in 1973, our Michigan Supreme Court decision, because our abortion law is enforceable. No states in our position. Yeah, no states in our position. We can put on maybe not tinfoil hats, but little crowns. Um, <laughs> but not every state. I think we were state. the second. I saw a news article that said we're the second state that's in the most jeopardy of abortion rights. Oh, from the other side? Well, who would yeah. they say is the first state, Texas? I can't remember. No. Oh. Um, hmm. I can't remember. I wonder who they would I mean, because there's several states that have trigger law. I mean, there's going to be... The reason that we always talk about we're in the unique position is these states that have trigger laws, like that goes right back into effect or whatever. Um, you know, we're in the weird position because it's our old law is still in effect. Um, it was used like, as recently as 2019 to prosecute a rapist for trying to force, uh, trying to do a forced abortion uh, on his victim. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's our law is not dormant. It's only enforceable to the level it can be enforced without running afoul of Roe v. Wade. So, states like Florida and other states with trigger laws aren't in that position. So they are passing legislation. That will be enforceable to the level that Roe allows them to be enforceable, no matter what happens with Roe. So it's they're getting their ducks in a row. Maybe they won't need these 15-week abortion bans because they'll be able to ban abortion outright. But that remains to be seen. In the meantime, it's a good decision. You know, you're kind of yeah. getting getting everything ready. Yeah. Um, Arizona was the other state that also did the 15-week. Arizona. They're trying to. Mm-hmm. They're in the works. So here's an interesting thing, just a little speculation. You know, so say Roe is, Ro, Ro is overturned. Um, you know, like, for example, in Michigan, we have all these laws on the book that, you know, regulate abortion, if you will. They all, however, say this does not create a right to an abortion, whatever. Um, you know, would a state like... I guess the state would want to leave those on the books just in case. Um, I don't know. Kind of interesting. I don't know. We've got we a this, whole lot of laws that no I longer know, apply about horse-drawn buggies and things like that. So I mean, why would this be different? Yeah. Uh, but this is a good point. You know, Roe versus Wade was came down like a hammer. And we have since built up almost 50 years of 
I don't want to call it, you know, our laws aren't garbage, but 50 years of junk and garbage and just dealing with the ridiculous ways that that decision is hamstrung, you know, legislators and voters and everyone dealing with it. And, you know, all that's going to be gone. If they're, if it's overturned, a state can just, the law is the law. It doesn't have to, doesn't have to do all these gimmicks and tricks and, or like Texas heartbeat ban doesn't have to have these gimmicks and and finding a way to duck underneath yeah, the duck, Supreme Court yeah duck under judges and which I think is interesting because I know there is speculation that they could release their decision early and then you know maybe that would give uh, this ballot drive and people in Michigan more incentive to be like oh it's now it's completely banned we need to get it in the Constitution right. But you also have to look at it on the other side. If it, if the decision comes out in March, that's more lives that are being saved in Michigan. And, you know, there was always a threat that people were going to sign this, no matter when it was mm-hmm. going to come out, in June, whenever. So it's, just, I don't know, I was kind of thinking about that earlier. Of Even if it was a couple months of abortion being illegal in Michigan, that's still going to save a ton of people. Yeah, Texas, and they only banned after six weeks, and even then it's just abortionists are under the threat of civil suits. It's not a hard ban, but they right. the first month they had abortions drop by 60%. Mm-hmm. Just boom, mm. gone. There's thousands and thousands of lives that have been saved in Texas over the last few months because some some legislators looked at their civil code and said, like, oh, we can pretend to be ninjas for a second here. <laughs> And just do what do what the people want. And I did see an article um, from the pro-abortion side that said, we're seeing an increase in abortions in Oklahoma from people in Texas. And the article went on to say that they're scared because Oklahoma could also ban abortion after Roe is overturned. So I was like, you know, it's one, it's one state at a time. Eventually, you'll get to the point, hopefully, that... There's, we will. We will. Yes. We will. Where there's no access anywhere near you, and it's not possible. Yeah. So in Michigan, I mean, about you talked you talked about you know motivating you know pro life is going to be motivated too, and it's it's going to be a little difficult because we have a Michigan Attorney General who said that I will not enforce the law. I will violate my oath of office, and I will not. Uh, you know, enforce the law, which is very bad that she narrowly won her election and we have to deal with her. Um, but, you know, prosecutors can, you know, that's the law following court precedent. They can prosecute. So it's going to be, I mean, you're going to see, you know, how much is the other side willing to violate the law? I would say extremely very. Because, I mean, that's been our experience is if, if they think they can get away with violating the law, they will. Do you will. think she's just saying that to have people rally around her and think no, that she's No, she will actually she, do yeah. it. Yeah. I don't think you can look her in the eye. You, you can say a lot of things about Dana Nessel, but you know, her, BSing her people is not hanger. one of them. When she says... <laughs> Whenever I think of her, I think says, of the I'm coat serious, hanger. I'm, yeah. But it's true if you think about it. Her old, she had an old campaign commercial. It was a campaign commercial, yeah? Yeah. She's standing in an alleyway, desperately clutching a coat hanger and talking about illegal abortions and things like that. But if she becomes the person not upholding Michigan's laws, she becomes the person literally with the coat hanger. 
because she will be facilitating illegal abortions. Right. And it, it's oh, a, how the I mean, she tables. says in her quote that she won't prosecute women for who have an abortion. But you can't do that anyway. But we've never done that. That's never happened in Michigan. In Michigan Supreme Court precedent since says 1846, you since we've had our law, yeah, and, yeah, and oh. Michigan Supreme Court precedent in the 60s, like. No, you can't because that's what the law says. Right. It's the person doing she, the abortion. I feel like, so I feel or, like she's trying to scare know. people, say, if it becomes illegal abortion in Michigan. Abortion supporters trying to scare people? <laughs> wow. If it becomes Anna, illegal in Michigan, why are you exaggerating you're going like to get that. prosecuted if you have an abortion, but that's just never right. been the case and never will be the case. And, and I think it's very important for people, you know, the images that Dana Nessel would like, like to evoke, you know, Back, women are not in coat hangers in a dirty alleyway in a city having abortions. The reason they're called back alley abortions is because the, uh, you know, the OBGYNs who are providing these illegal abortions would, instead of having the women go in the front of their clinic, would direct them to the side door in the alleyway, back alley abortions. And so, um, you know, the, the coat hanger thing, I'm sure it's, it's, it's probably happened, but uh, that is not how illegal abortions have worked, nor how well they will work. They're going to work exactly what the FDA regulations are right now, mailing abortion pill to women sight unseen, not examined by a doctor. That's Which what they, the FDA says is the, you know, is safe. So, Which uh, they don't want back alley abortions, so they say, but at home abortion pills are are yeah. just as unregulated and just as unsafe as, quotation marks, back alley abortions. Right. And, and so many abortion facilities over the years, you know, in some states they're still not regulated, you know. Uh, you know, I, we can just go back to the Kermit Gosnell case. You know, it, it sounds unbelievable, but that was allowed to happen for decades there in Philadelphia with the knowledge of state regulators and the abortion industries like, you know, their trade group, the National Abortion Federation, they all knew it was going on there. You know, uh, teens providing abortions, um, uh, you know, completely untrained staff administering anesthesia, garbage, trash, black women having to go to the bad part of the clinic and white women getting to go to the one clean room in the entire building. Like they knew. Which is interesting because he, he was black. They did nothing. They did nothing, and so they're not. They're not, they don't really care that all they care about is as many abortions as possible. Now, that's them on the top level. Many of their supporters, and this is going to be very important as we talk about their constitutional amendment, do not think that an abortion facility should, you know, be able to use rusty surgical instruments, which has happened in Michigan. It's happening in Muskegon. Um, you know, if their amendment is successful, you know. Every abortion clinic regulation is gone because the other side says, well, that's not a standard of care. What is the standard? They have no standards of care, really. No. Woman shows up, they get an abortion by. Yeah. There's their standard of care. Their standard of care can fit on an index card. Yeah. Yeah. Eh. <laughs> not good. All right. That's all the time we have for this edition of Life Beat. Don't laugh, Anna. Join us again next week and have a wonderful weekend.